You're listening to Tasmanian Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Kamalina Bikino, and we have David Maxwell joining us this morning. Welcome, David. How are you, Carmelina? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good. You nearly said from Launceston. I today, nearly I'm did. I was in Launceston I today. I felt it. I was like, oh, this is that's what this, what we usually say. <laughs> that's right. It's but, Tassie, Queensland encounters. I'm in Brisbane. Today. Yes, Queensland and Tassie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, that means you're missing out on the cold frost this morning. It was you're quite right. cold. So t-shirts and shorts, and I'm representing. Don't yes, worry about it. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so you're here for another episode of um, Are You Listening? series. And so far, you've been sharing with us a proverb each week. Um, What have you got for us today? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Today, I've got a a long proverb, but it's Mm. it's a very relevant proverb. So let me just get into it and read it. Mm. I'm going to read Proverbs 23, 29 to 35, and I'm reading from the New King James. And it says, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has contentions, who has complaints, who has wounds without a cause, who has redness of eyes, those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look at the wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things, your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you'll be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or one like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They've struck me, but I was not hurt. They've beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may see another drink? Mm. Very relevant uh, proverb today. Mm. And the reason being is that there was a time when, when this was very relevant for me, and before I was uh, a Christian, I experienced this experience that Solomon's talking about here. Mm. There was a time that I thought I knew what was best, including what to drink um, and what to eat as well. Mm. Change both. <laughs> but what I've discovered is that God made, God knows what's best because mm. he actually made us. And we're going to talk a bit about that today when we look at the topic origins. But in these verses, it shows us that when it comes to alcohol, God has some really good instructions about about what to drink, what not to drink through the inspiration is given to Solomon because God made us and he knows what's best for us. Mm. So that's that's what I wanted to share uh, today for the proverb. I, I feel it's also very, very relevant for us today. People read that and they say, yes, but there's lots of other references in the Bible to drinking and people. And then they quote the verse, mm. Peter says, have a little wine for your stomach's sake. Mm. And they quote all these things. But what they don't realise is that there is very clear instruction for the priests and the kings. And God told Moses to tell Aaron, after his two sons got drunk and they... They were disrespectful to God. Mm. He said, you are not to drink alcohol. And in the New Testament, we find that Christians are called priests and kings. Mm. We are God's priests and kings to the world. So in a spiritual matter, so if we are representing God, Mm. how should we represent God? 
when I read this proverb, I think, this is just as relevant today as it was when Solomon wrote it. Because mm. I think probably Solomon experienced this as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one because we like to think we know what's best for ourselves. Um, That's right. Yeah, but um, it's quite clear in this that it's it's really it's the battle of uh, do we do we follow what God's telling us or do we do we just hold on to our own little sense of control? Yeah, so, absolutely. Mm. Now I've got a diesel truck. Yes. If I go down to the petrol station, I put unleaded in there. What's going to happen? Oh dear. I Not will blow the head. Yes. Because <laughs> that is far too high octane. Mm. And it, it's going to ruin the engine. So I look in my instruction manual and my manual says put diesel only. Mm. Even even when you open up the cap, it's got a sign there, diesel only. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Just in case you're asleep. Yeah, I have mine for unleaded only because at Correct. no point putting diesel in there. No way. Yeah. You, your car would stop. Absolutely. Uh, and it's the same for our bodies. Mm. You know, God has, God has said what's the best. And if we read the instruction manual... We can actually find out what that is. Mm, absolutely. Um, so we've been uh, going through the Are You Listening series. Um, last week was the second part of God, the Universe and Everything. Um, did you want to give us a quick little recap on what that was about? Yeah, it, I might actually quickly recap so far what we've covered. So, so far what we've covered is firstly, we've looked into the evidence that the Bible can be trusted. And that's mm. very, very important when we look at the Bible topics as we go through. I looked at what's actually in the Bible, and that's very important too, because it's not just a storybook for reading before you go to sleep or to put you to sleep. It's, a, it's, it's the story for sure, but it's mm. a story of God's dealing with humanity and his efforts to bring us back to him mm. after sin and all that stuff came in. And we're going to look at that particular point of it, where the sin came from, next week. Mm. But then we looked at God, the universe, and everything. We looked at what is God really like, his nature. We, we saw that he was Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then we looked at creation, and that's what we looked at last week. Mm. We looked at this world had a starting point in the the life on this planet had a starting point in the near distant future, only about six thousand years ago. And I'll mention that again today as we go through. Mm, awesome. And of course, you can catch all those previous episodes on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. Be sure to check them out under the program title. Are you listening? So we today's title is Origins. And mm. I don't know about you, but that reminds me of, like, origin stories from characters and movies. Um, yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and we go back and tell the story of the person. Yeah, absolutely. And tells us um, the backstory, how they became the way they are today. Because mm, they didn't make enough money with the first movie. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, so um, can you give us a brief overview of what we're covering for Origins? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're actually going to look at um, how, how, where and why we were made. Mm. That's basically what we want to look at. And it's very, very important because the answer to this question actually gives us a purpose mm. for living. And we'll look at that as well. But before we go to a break and before mm. we get into that topic... Once again, I'm going to ask a listener question, and this listener question follows on from last week, so if you didn't hear last week, you better go back and listen to that one, and then come back and you'll know what we're talking about. 
So I, last week I asked, what was the first thing you made? I talked about a go-kart for mm. me. This question is, what's the best thing you've made? Ooh. So this, this question actually took me a little while to think about because I couldn't really narrow down what was the best thing. There were four things I made in school mm. that I really value and I still have today. One was a large judge's gavel. You know, the one you, he bangs on the desk. Yes. <clears throat> and it's got those rings around it and it's machined really smooth and all of that. Well, he used a little one. I made a really big one. Mm-hmm. And my wife has often used it as a hammer. So it's got lots of dints in it. It's right. made out of wood. Very brilliant. <laughs> so I did, yeah, I did all these in woodwork at school. The, another one was a coat hanger. Another one was a medicine cabinet. And another one was a telephone, telephone table. It's what we used to put the old telephones on for those in that era who don't remember what an old telephone that plugs into the wall was. I do. So I remember. <laughs> you put that on the table. It's got a drawer. It's got a seat. And you can yep. sit on it. And, uh, and I think I'd have to say that's my favourite one. And as we've moved to all the different places in Australia, I've often said to my wife, I've got to get rid of this. And she says, you can't get rid of that. (laughs) That is so good. And so, yes, I enjoyed making it, but it's a bit of a chore to lug it around. But uh, it's probably my favourite. It's Mm. probably my favourite. It's the most practical, and I feel it's the best constructed. And uh, it was far, far different from my go-kart, and they have even outlived my brother's go-kart. So I'm sitting in my brother's den today, and I remember the go-kart that I talked to you about and how it lasted for so many years. Well, Mm. this year, all of those things that I made are 42 years old. Oh, goodness. (laughs) And they are still as fit for purpose as they were when they were made. Brilliant. And they've lasted so long because I, I planned it, I, I constructed it carefully, um, designed it well, and then I made it really well as well. Mm. And the same can be said for what we're about to look at today. Amazing. I'm just trying to ponder this listener question too. What was the best thing you have made? I've, I, oh goodness, I've definitely written a few things I'm proud of. Right. Um, I don't know if making things like music and stuff Mate, is, is the counts. same thing? Does it count? Because it's not very I tangible. Do. It doesn't matter. It is. It is. It lives yeah. on for a long time when people sing it. Yeah, play I, it. I think I think there are a few songs that I was definitely quite proud of that I that I'd written at some point. Um, still too scared to share them, but oh, <laughs> definitely <you> should. <laughs> definitely have a few that I can think of. And I can yeah. imagine the next intro for another week, and <laughs> now we have a song played by Carmelina. Oh goodness, one day, one day. Okay. <laughs> Don't give Jason too many ideas. Um, anyway, this question is for you today. What was the best thing you had? Have made. Text us in this morning on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you. This first song is "Image of God" by More Than Rubies. <laughs> Bring it all to you So breathe 
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we have David Maxwell streaming in from Brisbane and we're talking about origins. Before the break we had our listener question which was what was the best thing you have made? Text us in on 0488880891. We would love to hear from you this morning. So David back from a break and we're continuing your series Are You Listening? Um you hinted before the break that we're going to look at how we are were created or are created. So, yeah. how are you going to start us off this morning? 
Yeah, thanks very much, Carmelina. So today we're going to look at when, how and why we were created. But first we'll pray and then we'll read the passage that we're going to look at today because I really want our listeners to be blessed. Mm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we've got people online today who can hear this uh, wonderful message that we're sharing with them. Lord, please speak to them from your word and give them understanding in your name. Amen. Amen. So, Carmelina, could you read our passage for today? It's in Psalm 139, 13 to 16. Absolutely. And this morning we're reading from the New King James Version. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet un- unformed, and in your book they are all that they all were written. Mm. The days fashioned bef- fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. This is really incredible. Thanks, Carmelina. That was <laughs> wonderful. It, it's uh, it's amazing when you read this that this is not talking about Adam and Eve creation. It's mm. talking about the way we are created. Mm-hmm. And so often people say, oh, yes, that's really great that God made Adam, and we'll talk about that in a moment, <coughs> how he mm. did that. But we're not made like that today, you know. Mm. We are conceived and then we grow. And this verse, this passage actually explains it really, really well that God still has an amazing part to play in the creation of a person, even though he's built us to uh, um, reproduce like that. So Mm. I love it. I think it's fascinating. Mm. Going back to my uh, school woodwork items, there are many many different ways we can date them. If we want to confirm when they were made, firstly, we can go back to a reliable record if it still exists after all this time, you could go back to the school and you could say, can you dig out your archives? Can you tell me what were the young people making in the woodwork, woodwork class in 1981? So they can dig it out and they can go, oh, well, they were making and they can tell you what they were making. So that's one way of confirming how old those things are that I've made. Another way is to uh, look at the designs. Mm-hmm. Another way is to... Uh, analyze the you know like the, the the type of joints that we used now this is not as reliable because these joints are still used today so for most joints uh, in in these articles that we were using they were uh, dovetails now some of you might understand what a dovetail is it's a sort of an angled joint mm. that pushes together at 90 degrees or different angles depending on what you're making Now, these joints were introduced in the early 1800s, but they were prominent in furniture up until the introduction of machined joints. And that was in, you know, that was later in the 1800s. But even today in custom furniture, they still keep using the, uh, those, those dovetail joints because they're very, very strong. Mm. But finally, one of the most accurate ways would be to analyze the type and the age of the wood that I used. Okay, so like dating of my creations, and I say that inverted commas because really I just assembled things. Mm. I didn't make the wood. Um, there are many things that allow us to see how old mankind is, but the most important of those, of course, is this reliable document that we've been studying, and that's the Bible. Mm. 
So when were we created? With the evolutionary theory, although there are some scientific theorems that have led to the development of this idea, you know, the evolutionary idea, Mm. there's no instructions that were written down thousands of years ago. Well, actually, if you think about the evolutionary theorem, they say this happened over millions or billions of years. So where are the documents from way back then that we can we can actually accurately see this is how it happened? Mm. Uh, they're not there. They're not there. It's an idea that was actually made up in fairly recent years, only about 170, 180 years ago. And it supports something that those who created the idea felt this is what explained the mysteries they were confronted with, with science and nature. Mm. However, the authenticated document that we've been studying, the Bible, has some really good explanations as to when we were created. We're going to look at some of that now. Mm. If you remember from last week, I spoke about the Bible's explanation of a fairly recent creation about 6,000 years ago. But I did say that there was enough room in that story for the rocks to have been made a long time before. We Mm. read that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2 and verse 3. However, life on this planet from this authenticated record clearly only started about 6,000 years ago. One way we can ascertain this from the biblical record is when you go to Genesis chapter 5, there's a genealogy there, Mm. and it's called the genealogy of Noah. Um, of Adam, actually, I think it is. But you go, you go there, and you can see that through that genealogy, it's the genealogy of Adam. Yeah, in chapter five, uh, chapter eleven is the genealogy of Shem. <coughs> that includes Noah. But when you look in that one in chapter five, you can see that it it includes some staggering ages. So not you know decades. It's mm-hmm. talking about centuries. People lived for centuries. And some people say, look, that's just not possible. How could Adam live for 900 years? That is impossible. Mm -hmm. But uh, they must have had a different way of measuring age. But my response to that is that we are making judgments now. We're making comments on what we see now. Mm -hmm. And if we just look at our own history, we can see that, that the world has degenerated in the time we've been alive. People have degenerated in the time we've been alive. Um, we, we can see that there's almost a winding down of the world. You know, it's like we're wearing out. The, the, the capacity of mankind is much more diminished. So this list in Genesis chapter 5 takes us through the first 1,500 years or so uh, up until the flood. 1665 years after the after creation and you can read those through to give us that timeline we can say from adam to the flood 1665 years around about that mm. so just during that period people were living very long ages but following the flood earth's conditions clearly changed, clearly changed. So they were eating meat, there was rain now, uh, it was uh, more like a greenhouse before the flood, Mm. there was new growth, Uh, much of the landscapes were changed or moved. Imagine, that was a cataclysmic event. Mm. And from chapter 11 in Genesis, we can see that there was still some in existence with long lives, Shem, for example, Mm. and their descendants' ages decreased rapidly. Mm. So, because there were people living long lives in the transition between pre and post flood, mm. 
we can trust those earlier recorded ages as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's so right because otherwise there would have been this dramatic change in the record and perhaps Shem wouldn't have been mentioned. You know, but his age was mentioned through that transition. And if you look at his ages, he was alive to be able to meet. I don't. I, the Bible doesn't say he did, but he was alive to be able to meet Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. Now we don't think about that, but no. he was alive for that long. But you watch how their their ages then decrease. In chapter eleven, you see how they started with long lives. You know, six, seven hundred years, and then by the end of that chapter, they're down to you know just under two hundred years. Mm. So it decreased very, very rapidly. So it's, it's very important to note about creation of mankind, the way we were created, not just when we were created, but, but we're going to look at that a little bit more in a moment. Mm. Um, and also are you saying that God created mankind a bit differently to the rest of creation? Yes, that's what mm. we're, going to, we're going to discover after the ad. We're going to look at the way God made everything else mm. and then God, how God made mankind, how it was different and why it was different because it is quite significant for us, for our personality, for our worth and a number of other things. Mm. We'll, we'll right. look at that after the break. Well, looking forward to it. Um, before we go to our next song, just a reminder of our listener question for you this morning. What was the best thing you have made? Let us know. We would love to hear from you. Um, text us in on 0488880891. Also, we have our free book offer coming up for later in the program. It is titled Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet. This is written by Dwight K. Nelson, and be sure to stick around for the code to claim your free offer today. This next song is called Let the Words by Eclipse 6. Let the words of my mouth bring thee praise. Let the words that I speak be seasoned with thy love and grace. May the things, O oh Lord, that I choose to say bring glory, not shame, to your name each day. Let the words of my mouth bring thee praise. Let the works of my hands
Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we've got David Maxwell on his series, Are You Listening? And we've been talking about origins, the origin stories. Um, so, David, for the break, <laughs> um, <laughs> you were saying that God created mankind differently than the rest of creation. What was that like, and how did God do that? Yeah, yeah. I only mentioned it briefly, but I want to dig into that a little bit deeper because, as I said before the break, God chose to make mankind very differently than the rest of creation, and the way he did this has immense impact on our value and self-worth. Mm. You remember how differently those two creations of mine were? Remember the go-kart that was just slapped together uh, without too much thought or planning? But I didn't lose too much sleep over it because it only lasted one day, or well, not even <laughs> one day, my brother... I pushed my brother down the hill, the thing broke, and I didn't oh. even get to ride it. But I didn't really lose too much sleep about it because we really did just throw it together, right? Mm. However, however, because uh, the, the reason why I, I really didn't care too much about it, didn't value it too much, was because I, I, I didn't invest much in it. However, the cabinet that I made has pride of place in my possessions. Um, I, I planned it, I put so much time and effort into it, and when it turned out really well, I really appreciated that. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that God just slapped the rest of creation together. Please don't draw those parallels. Oh, no. But but he made mankind very, very differently to the rest of, of, uh, of creation. And in the early chapters of, of Genesis, we see that God spoke and it was done. So mm-hmm. Hebrews 11.3 talks about that. Psalms 33.9 also talks about that. You know, he said, let there be light, and there was. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but when it came to mankind, it seems that God made it personal. And I'm putting inverted commas, he got his hands dirty, if you Mm. like. Let me read a passage in Genesis 2 and verse 7. Here it says, And the Lord God formed man. He didn't speak it. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The words here seem to indicate a closeness. Mm. Right, to, for you to breathe into someone's nostrils, you have to be right there. This seems like the first resuscitation. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do first aid, you have to get up close and personal to put those breaths into that person mm. who's not breathing. So God breathes into the man. He forms him with his hands. Forms him with his hands. He fashions us like a master craftsman, shaping us for... Good reason, for mm. good reason. Carmelina, could you please read Genesis one twenty six? Absolutely. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, 
according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Thanks, Carmelina. So here it says that God has uh, has a conference mm. as to how to create mankind. Uh, you wouldn't say, if you were sitting down, let us go over there unless there's something wrong with you, right? Mm. Um, you, you say, I'm going to go over there. It's mm. one person. But when you have, you know, if it's you and me, we would say, hey, let's go out for tea. Yeah. There's there's more than one person. So here, where God says, let us mm. make man in our image according to our likeness, there's a plurality there that we talked about earlier mm. in another program. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're discussing, let's do man different. Mm. Let's do man different. Let's make him like us. Mm. And that's really powerful. It says, in his image and likeness, with the power to reason and rule like he does. In the Hebrew, the word used here, image, means to be like, as in character. Mm. So the first part of it, let us make him in our image, it tells me that we're not some product of a freak, impossible, almost impossible chance meeting of atoms, mm. but rather we were designed to be like the designer. You know, it's very different from me and the the chair, the, the telephone cabinet that I mm. made, you know, that was very different. It's nothing like me. But here, God designs mankind to be like him. Mm. Now, that's fascinating. Just let that sink in for a moment because later on we're going to talk a little bit about when God appeared and we say he was like us. Mm. But this says that we were like him. Mm. So just let that sink in. More and more scientists are coming to agree that we're so complexly designed that it clearly infers there must have been a complex designer that made us and fine-tuned us like mm. this. So clearly God is so complex. He even needed two genders to show us what he's like. Mm. So that doesn't mean God has two genders, but he created us in two genders and gave us different characteristics mm. each. So man is, now I'm generalizing here, okay, mm. don't crucify me for this. No. Um, a man is, is, is strong with muscles. Now I've mm. seen some women with some really strong muscles as well, but <laughs> let's just generalize here. Yeah. Generally, it's the man of the house that, that takes out the garbage, that, um, you know, that fixes the stuff that, that is um, the protector of the home. You mm. know, th those kinds of characteristics. And yet it's the woman who brings the love, the care, the attention, the detail, um, the, the nurture and all of those things, right? Mm. I don't know a lot of guys who are really nurturing, yeah, but there are some. Okay? Mm. There are some. So I'm just generalizing. Yeah. So God makes two genders and he says in these two genders you'll see a protector and you'll see a lover. Mm. And those two genders together will actually show you what God is like. Mm. So the verse also says that we're made in his likeness. Now, I really like this because it says in the Hebrew that this means to look like. Mm. Now, this in itself is fascinating. So the Bible clearly says that God the Father is spirit and that no one's ever seen him. So because we're physical and have form or shape, we've not been fashioned to look like God the Father, have we? Because mm. we don't float around like a ghost. However, throughout the Old Testament, God shows up looking like one of us. Mm. 
Mm. He shows up to Abraham, Jacob, Gideon, Manoah, Moses. You know, Jacob struggles with a man. Abraham talks with a man, Mm. three men actually. So could it be possible, could it be possible that he came looking like us because we were made to look like him? Mm. God the Son. In John 1.3, it says, that it intimates this. Let me read mm. it for you. It says, all things were made through him. This is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This is talking about God the Son, mm. who is God. In the beginning, the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, mm. That's what the chapter of John is talking about. It's showing the godness and the humanness of Jesus. And it clearly says here, let me continue reading, all Mm. things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Nothing was made that was made. So God the Son, or Jesus as we came to know him about 2,000 years ago, fashioned mankind in the very beginning, in the form of Adam and Eve. Mm. So you you might say, okay, well he fashioned Adam, but he he took a rib and fashioned Eve. So basically, he uses the same DNA. Mm. He he creates man from the from the ground from the dust. He forms him. You know all the inward bits, uh, all the the bones, the marrow, everything mm. he puts there, and he makes it all in such a way it just needs his eternal life, his breath of life, that spark to mm. get going. We don't have that spark, but God gives it. Mm. And he breathes, and he makes Adam come to life. But beyond that, he then takes a rib out of... This is the first operation, by the way. Mm. He puts Adam to sleep, he takes a rib out, and then he turns that rib into a person. Mm. He uses the DNA from the rib, and he creates the woman. Mm. So you have man and woman. And Paul actually says we are made from one blood. Mm. And that's because we all come from Adam. We come from Adam, we come from his rib, uh, we have woman come from the rib, and we have Adam and Eve. Now, mm. that sounds crazy to some people, but God is a God who is power, powerful enough to speak worlds into existence. He can form anything. Mm. That's the powerful God that we know. So, he fashioned Adam and Eve, and this gives us meaning, purpose, and value because God make us to be like him. And he made us to look like him. He Finally, he also, the verse says that he gave us dominion. Mm. That means that God made us to rule like he does. It tells me a lot about God's character, you know, because it says that God doesn't keep all the power to himself. He has it, but he doesn't keep it to himself. He mm. shares some of it with somebody else. So I, I really like that as a management style. You've heard, uh, I don't, some of you might have heard about the key keeper in a management style, someone who has all the authority and wants to keep it because it gives them power. Mm. But the best management style is to give the keys away, mm. train people to pick up those keys and use them, um, to, 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 to be leaders in their own right, do yourself out of a job kind of thing. Mm. But you end up doing a different role. So God shares his ability to rule and he delegates the rule of this world to his newly created beings to rule the world in a wise and loving way, the way that he rules the rest of the universe. And so he gives us his planet and he says, here's your example of how to rule. You take it, you rule the way I would rule in the whole universe. Mm, Sorry, this was the purpose God made us. 
Yeah, it's one of the purposes yeah. that God made us. We, we are supposed to be in charge of this planet. And if you just take a look around us, we're not doing a really great job. <laughs> but, yeah, we could do better. <laughs> but it's one of the reasons. And we'll talk more about some of the other reasons after the break. Mm, I love how you mentioned um, the manager who gives away the keys. There's a saying my grandfather would always say, which is, um, always train someone how to do your job. Mm. So, you know, you can have a day off. <laughs> That's a good um, idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's time for a break. But before the break, we have our book offer for today, Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet, written by Dwight K. Nelson. The debate is heating up. Did a loving God create this earth or are we the random product of millions of years of natural selection? Is the Bible teaching a literal six-day creation viable, giving the scientific evidence pointing towards evolution? Or can both theories be successfully blended into one? Take a look at the evidence, prayerfully search your heart and then draw your own conclusions. The fact that there that since no one was there in the beginning, both theories of origin require faith, a perfect requirement for one who wants to know the truth about the beginning and the ending. The code is after the break, but this next song is I'm Making All Things New by Wendell Kimber. Yeah. 
will be like day For the Lamb in all His beauty Like a torch will light our way And the gates of that great city Never close to those who come Every nation brings its glory To our new creation listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are wrapping up our program this morning with David Maxwell and we are talking about origins. Before the break, as promised, we have our giveaway for this morning, uh, Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet, written by Dwight K. Nelson. To claim this offer this morning, text in the code LISTEN5, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 5, no spaces. Text that in to 0488880891. That is LISTEN5. L-I-S-T-E-N and the number 5, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891 to claim that offer today. Now, David, before we jump back into everything, we do have someone text in for our listener question. So Ooh. just to remind you, our listener question was, what is the best thing you have made? And Margie, thank you for messaging us this morning, says that she was blessed with the skills of making toys and she would knit some really cool looking toys. And um, I think I'm just going to list a few. We've got Tom and Jerry, Mr. Postman, Ooh. a clown, a scarecrow. With a worm crawling on its hat, how cute! And <laughs> a tiny Ooh. bird on its shoulder. Um, they were beautiful, but unfortunately, children weren't impressed. How rude! Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, children. I swear they're the worst critics. Anyway, thank you, Margie, <laughs> for texting in. Um, toys are fantastic. We we're just chatting about how there are so many ministries mm. to do with crafts um, happening yes. in both your church and the church I attend mm. at Rosney. Mm. So yeah, if you're if you're listening this morning and you're interested in crafts, get on it because I'm sure they'd love to have some new people join in um, with that as well and crafts are a lot of fun anyway going back to (laughs) what we are talking about this morning um, you've been explaining one of the reasons God made us um, and it was to rule and Mm, to be in charge charge. yeah to be in charge of this earth and overall we're not doing a great job Um, (laughs) so that is one of the reasons. What were the other reasons you wanted to tell yeah, us about? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. There are other reasons. There are plenty of other reasons. So if you were listening to last week's program, I proposed this example or illustration. It wasn't real, but I proposed that uh, uh, what if a dog just appeared, came together by chance, mm-hmm. and I said this is an absolute impossibility. But if it happened, the underlying illustration um, actually is similar um, idea to what 
evolution is telling us that we just came together and if the dog just came together nobody made the dog then the dog's not responsible to anyone mm. and that's the underlying premise of evolution you are not responsible to anyone you don't have to answer to god and unfortunately the bible explains clearly as we've just seen that we were created by someone because mm. the flip side of not having anybody to be responsible for is having no purpose. Mm. Well, if I was just an accident, then I can just take myself out. What's mm. the point of being here? You know, but the fact that we were created by a loving God who cares about each one of us, every one of us, even today as we're formed in our mother's wombs, it says God has plans for us. Mm. He knows those plans before we're born. And all we have to do is put our life in his hands and he will play those plans out in our life. Mm. Now, that's much better than trying to stumble through ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so God created us with purpose. God created us purpose. So, as I said earlier, when God created us, he imparted to us the ability to protect or care for or manage, with the, world, manage the world. Mm. He set us above the other creatures that he'd created. So he said, have dominion, rule the world. Now, I'm just going to open up my Bible again because I want to read another verse here. Mm. <clears throat> In Genesis 1 and verse 28, it says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm. So it's it's the responsibility for us to care for the world. I'm not telling us that we need to get out there and be greenies and prevent anyone from cutting down any more trees mm. at all, but God says be wise with your management of the world. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest that this microcosm that he put us in is is a example, was supposed to be an example of how he managed the universe. I would suggest he create, created us to be in his image or to be like him. And the directions to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden included being a good steward with what God gave them. Mm. But this is not the only reason, as I've just said. Clearly from the emphasis throughout the Bible and the final act of creation, there was another much more important reason for our creation. In chapter 2, although not technically a creation, it's something that God puts in place at the very beginning of his creative act. When we look at the commentary, uh, from any of the first day's actions, each one is completed in a one day, a 24-hour period. Mm. And it infers that God had already planned out the turning of the earth, the placement of the moon, the earth's travel around the sun, and he prepares this weekly schedule because there's nothing in creation that defines one week. Mm. Nothing. Although inside of our bodies we have a clock that's called a circoceptor rhythm, you can go and look that up, mm. circoceptor rhythm, and that rhythm works on a seven-day cycle. Mm. Okay, so you've heard of the circadian rhythm. That's yes. a 24-hour cycle. There's a circoceptor rhythm that works on a seven-day cycle, and there are some um, um, things that are created that work on that cycle, biology, mm. some biology that works like that. So go and do some study on that. Hmm. But uh, at the end of this 24, seven, six 24-hour periods, God's, God puts together a particular day. At the end of the schedule, he puts aside one whole day hmm. just to spend time with his new creation. 
just to spend time with us. It must have been so exciting for God, you know, to be able to say, look, I've made this beautiful creature that, that, mm-hmm. that can actually talk with me, talk back with me, and we can reason together, and he can rule like I rule, and we can chat about that. And he must have thought, I just can't wait to spend the whole day talking with him about all sorts of different things. But it wasn't just for that one day. He mm. puts it together as a week. And he says every week, so from Genesis to Revelation and beyond, God sets in motion this day all down through time over and over again so we can set aside that time and be with God and he mm. can be with us. And I'm sure he delights in it. Mm. I'm really sure he delights in it. So as I close, I come back to my opening illustration. A recent creation. My mm. own creations from woodworking at school can be dated and they're special to me because mm. they were planned, they were executed with skill, and we too are special to God. He created us with skill and care. Mm. And I would suggest even that God got a kick out of doing that. Mm. I really do. And yeah. he gets a kick out of spending time with us. But we just push him aside, I want to go down the beach today, you know, Mm. do my own thing. But in the Bible, it shows that the whole of heaven is emptied to come and receive mankind and escort him home. And uh, I I, I want to be a part of that, Mm. don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And if you do, and you want to know how to do that, get in touch and we'll help. Mm, absolutely. We're just actually just finished now. Thank you, um, David, for this morning. And thank you all for listening as well. Um, join us next week. We're having um, Good and Evil, Light in the Dark for the Are You Listening series. This is Same God by Hannah Kerr. Put the color in my eyes. The same God who makes the seasons change Knows the number of the stars Every secret in my heart All my doubts All my questions And every fear I have about what might happen You're the same God You're with me in the middle of it all God, you're catching every
catching 